Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to episode 27. Today's problem, Deacon Halbert Sivers. How to Save Your Marriage Without Counseling, Part 3. So, sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock, but don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical, coming at you now. All right, welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical. We are at the third and final interview with my main man, Deacon Harold Burt Sivers, the coolest cat in the Catholic faith. And so uh, we're going to really talk about some stuff today, you know, about people being married and living together, about how to bring uh, the marital and doing the marital embrace, how to bring God into it. So this is going to be a really nice episode. It's one of my shorter episodes, but you're probably like that because I do tend to talk a lot. <laughs> but that being said, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers is a prominent deacon and speaker in the Catholic faith. He has like four or five books, and one of them, Behold the Man, uh, I just ordered because I want to read it um, and, and 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 get some knowledge, man, and that's what you got to do. When you're in the Catholic faith, man, you got to get that knowledge, baby, so you can pass it on to your children, to your wife, to your friends, and you can evangelize like a real Christian soldier. So without further ado, here we are with EWTN's National International Speaker, uh, author, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, How to Save Your Marriage Without Counseling, Part Twa. couple comes to you and wants to get married, but they are having sex and living together. How is this hurting the woman and what would you advise them? Oh, I, that happens to me all the time. I'll tell you exactly what I do. <laughs> so I have a couple that comes in and, uh, you know, they think, oh, I mean, they're, they're living like the world. They're maybe going to mass, maybe Christmas and Easter, mm. you know, and the only reason they're even coming to church because the one of the parents won't pay for the the wedding unless they get married in church. Mm -hmm. It's the only reason they're coming. Mm -hmm. Their whole worldview is formed by Instagram and by what they see on the culture. So they come to you, and you know, I say, "Hey, you know, nice to meet you guys. Hey, how, how'd you guys meet? You know, I tell how they met. We met on Facebook or whatever. We met in the club. And I hey, and I said to her, "Hey, what's your dad think of this guy?" Oh, he likes him. Okay. Oh, good. I told how my wife and I met. Right. Everybody's feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I pull out the file. I say, Hey, I, I, I noticed your application. You, you both have the same address. You living together? And all of a sudden, oh, here it comes. Here comes the, you can see Crickets. the face. Here comes the Catholic stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're living together. This is the 21st century, you know. I say, well, you know, let me ask you guys a question. We all know that half the people that get married get divorced. Right, even in in the church, a lot uh, half yeah. the people get right. Yeah, but you know that most of the people that get divorced live together first. 
And so I get him a, 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 the executive summary of a study uh, called Should We Live Together? It's a cohabitation study. Mm-hmm. It's actually a meta-analytical study, which means it takes all the known studies and puts all the, the, the results together in one report. And that executive summary lays out the fact that one of the worst things you can do before you get married is live together. I said, well, you guys better take a look at this. And while they're flipping through it, I asked the questions I really want to ask to the guy. I said, hey, man, you plan on having <laughs> sex with anybody other than your fiance here after you get married? No, man. No, no. Of course, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna marry. We're we're in love. We're gonna be together forever. I said, then why are you doing it now? Crickets. You have you having sex with somebody you're not married to? Mm. Oh, come on, Deacon. We gonna get married. That's why we're here. In fact, there's no joke. I had one guy say to me, "Well, it's just like a car. You got test drive before you buy it." The gall to say that in front the of guy his said woman. that say, right in front of his right woman, in front right, right there. Okay, mm, mm. so I said, let me see if I understand what you're saying. So you guys get married. It's a month into the wedding, a month after the wedding. Mm-hmm. You're getting used to feel the ring on your finger. You, you're getting used to calling your wife now, your husband, mm-hmm. and your beautiful bride here gets hit by a drunk driver. She becomes a quadriplegic. You have to spoon feed her, change her diapers, and no sex for the rest of your life. That's the kind of relationship you're ready for. Uh, and that's exactly what happens. <laughs> now, here's what always happens. This is great. She always goes, the woman always turns her head like, looking at him like, I want to hear an answer too, bro. Yeah. You better and he's like, right. uh, 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 uh. I say, you know what? My fault, man. I apologize. Don't ask me Yeah, that. I was a little tough on you with I, that I, one. Yeah, I was tough on you. I, 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 you know what? I apologize. I take that back. Let me ask you something much easier. Okay. If that accident happened to her tomorrow, would you still marry her? Uh, See? <laughs> and she's looking. And I have one girl like, hit the guy on the arm. Like, like you better say tell something. Him, <laughs> tell him. Tell him. You know? Defend my honor. Tell him. Yeah, and he's just. Uh, 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 uh. See, because I got him trapped. Because he thinks right. if that really happens, you know, um, then I'm I'm young. I got my whole life ahead of me, you know. But mm-hmm. if you know, you know, um, so I, he thinks he's trapped, you know. Uh, if, if he if he says yes, then you know he's like, I'm young, I'm young. But if he says no, she's sitting right there, so she's gonna wonder how much he really loves her. Yeah. So he says nothing. He says, you know what? Don't ask. Let's just start the first class. <laughs> So now, what, brother so now what happens <laughs> is that the, the young lady sitting there going, cause she's thinking, Oh, I'm, we're having sex. We have doing all this stuff because he's going to marry me. We're going to have a whole life together. She's like living in this fantasy world. He's yeah. like, damn, I ain't got to pay half the rent. You know, I'm getting free sex. Shoot. I just go hang on my fellas if I want, you know, cause I, the reason why he could answer that question, cause he thinks, well, they think living together is just like being married. Except we don't have oh, a piece of paper. How many times I heard that. Uh, wrong answer. Mm. The reason why he can't answer that question because in the back of his mind he says to himself, "If that happened now, I'm out of here. I can always get out. I'm out of here." Once you put that ring on your finger, whole different story. So, so at the end of the first session, I say this though: I say, "You know, my friend, you couldn't answer that question. Let me answer it for you. If that happened to me, the first thing I would do is I go to my archbishop." I would ask him to suspend my faculties to function as a deacon, suspend them temporarily so I could spend the rest of my life taking care of my wife. Because when I walked into that church that day and I put this ring on my finger and I made those vows, I I honored every word that came out of my mouth. I meant every word. 
And if you can't do that, you shouldn't be married. I tell him straight in his face. And then she just starts like crying. That. <laughs> I said, if you can't do that, then you should not be married. Right. Or at least go and try to figure what, out how to do You need to think do that. deeply and right. seriously about the situation you're in right now and ask yourself, is it, you know, and I said to her, you know, you need to ask some questions for yourself. Is this the man that I want my children to be like? Does this man respect my, my dignity and my purity? Is this right. man going to take me to heaven? Because that's ultimately what this marriage is about. Ultimately. Getting each other to heaven. Yeah. You know, are you going to take the 30,000 foot view or are you just confused right now because you got the same bank accounts and you're, you know, you're used to his farts and all this kind of stuff. And you think that's what marriage is, <laughs> that's right. that's you know? Right. So, I mean, and that's what I hit him with, you, you know, gotta, but, but, but and you very few of them come the, back she the, she the next time. got the oxytocin working on her if they're sleeping together. You yeah, know see? how it works. And, <laughs> now, and see, that's the thing. These chemicals, these bonding chemicals. That happens because oxytocin uh, uh, and for for her and vasopressin for the man, those are chemicals that bond couples together. So they're doing this, and they're not in a covenant relationship. Mm-mm. So he's like, "Yeah, I can get all this, and that. he he could do whatever he wants because they're not because I'm not married, you know." I, you know, and it, they're basically using each other for objects of pleasure and gratification. Are you here to build a better marriage? Do you worry daily about the state of your relationship with your wife? Do you really understand how she thinks, how to keep her happy, her deepest needs and desires? Would you like to regain the respect, intimacy, devotion, and communication you once had? Or better yet, make your marriage better than it was, holier than it was, more impassioned than it was. Not sure where to begin? Visit www.savemycatholicmarriage.com and save your seat for the Marriage Masterclass today. If you're ready to man up, get your woman back and battle for your marriage, visit www.savemycatholicmarriage.com and enter the Marriage Masterclass So today, married couples are encouraged to exclude God from their bedrooms. Why is this a mistake? And what are three ways? It don't have to be three. Married couples can involve God more in their sex lives. And what are the benefits for doing this? Well, natural family planning, obviously. See, see what happens is this. Um, I had a guy that didn't like one of the homilies that I gave because I preached on the theology of the body, mm-hmm. actually at a mass. Mm-hmm. And the guy... Said, I want to talk to you after, after mass. Okay. So we went to the, uh, rectory. I said, what's the problem? Cause I didn't like your homily. I said, which part? He said, all of it. I said, okay. Hey, man. I said, I said, what's the problem? I said, what's the problem? What I said, he goes, look, I don't know what you're talking about, but my wife, there's something she won't have sex with me anymore. I said, oh, that's not good. I said, uh, you guys contraceptive? He said, see, here you go. You see, but all dude, this contraceptive stuff, look, the see, all dude. the people you preaching out here, Deacon, they're all contraceptive. Nobody wants to hear that stuff. See, the church is stuck in the Middle Ages. The church needs to get caught with the 21st century. I said, I said, look, dude, I asked you a yes or no question. He said, yeah, we're contraceptive. What's that got to do with anything? I said, we'll get back to that. <laughs> I said, tell me about the last time this happened. He goes, what do you mean? I said, your wife doesn't have sex with you. What does that look like? Well, you know, the kid, we had dinner. The kids were out, you know, doing their activities and... You know, I was home my wife. We had a nice dinner. And a little bit after dinner, I, I made some advances. Yeah, I got you. And, and my wife said to me, I don't want to have sex with you right now. 
and I'm waiting mm. for the rest of it. And he's not saying anything. I said, that's all she said? He said, yes. I said, and you're mad? He said, yes. I said, let me see if I got this straight. Did she say to you, I don't love you anymore? No. Okay. Did she say to you, I don't ever want to have sex with you ever again? No. Okay. Well, you said that she said, I don't want to have sex with you right now. How about did you say to her, okay, how about an hour from now? You even give her that much? No. You didn't say nothing. I said, then why are you angry? Disappointed, I can see. But why are you so angry? And he couldn't say, I said, I'll tell you why you're angry. Because, see, love and life are two things that God never intended to be separated. In the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 1, the very first command out of the mouth of God to our first parents after he joined them in that covenant relationship, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Mm-hmm. Because love, the life is the natural outcome of intimate, personal, loving, and life-giving communion and covenant relationship. Psalm 119 verse 88 says, because of your love, give me life and I will do your will. That's how it works. Jesus says, this is my body. This is the blood of the new and eternal covenant. Mm-hmm. You see? That's, I said, that's what's happening. See, what you've done by contracepting, you've driven a wedge, a divide between love and life. Doesn't matter if it's a pill, if it's a condom, if it's a diaphragm, whatever it is, you're, you're, you're separating love and life. You're forcing two things apart that God never intended to be separated. And when you pull those two things apart, it creates a, a void, a chasm, an emptiness. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing then by separating them, you now see your wife as an object for pleasure and gratification. Right. With and, no and consequences. With no consequences. So you, you're mad because you say, well, I want to have sex. Why well, don't I have sex right now? Well, what's the problem with you? You can't get pregnant. It's not about whether you get pregnant or not. That's not the point. The point is about the intimate. So now you cut the intimacy part off because now you just want to get a feeling. Mm-hmm. You, 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 now it doesn't matter whether it's her, whether it's your hand, whether it's a computer, whether it's another woman. It don't matter because now you living for the pleasure mm-hmm. because pleasure is now your God. Mm. See, pleasure is not bad. God gives us pleasurable things, you know, like Chick-fil-A. Come on now. <laughs> I love me some Chick-fil-A, man. That's from God right there. You know, so God gives us things that are pleasurable. But the point of the pleasure, it raises our minds and hearts to God. The pleasure points to something beyond ourselves, to our ultimate end, our ultimate meaning and purpose, our ultimate source of pleasure and joy, Mm -hmm. which is life with God forever. But Satan takes pleasure out of its proper context as a means to an end, and he holds it up as an end in itself. Pleasure is now your God. Mm -hmm. Forget about God. This is what you focus on, the pleasure. That's what you've done with your wife. So basically, you turn your wife into a whore. Mm -hmm. I told him to his face. Yep. So, so he was now really he's, mad then. So now he's getting a little <laughs> upset. Because what do you and your wife do? I said, well, mo- I, said mo- I said, most of the time we just go for it. Whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. But when we're disabled, we use natural family planning. He said, what's that? So I had to explain to him the Billings ovulation method, right? Just basically. And he goes, what happens when your um your, when your wife is you know in not non fertile? She doesn't want to have sex. What do you do? I said, Well, that happens all the time. Well, so I, I I don't even go better than that. Sounds like I could come back from a trip. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's been a long time. I'm ready tonight, you know? And I go in the bathroom. I'm, I'm dumping my dirty clothes in the, in the laundry basket. And I look down in the garbage like, oh, no, yeah. come on, man. That's happening now. 
I've been waiting for two weeks and now this has happened. I got to wait another week, you know? And and so, so what do I do in that situation? I go into my study and I have, uh, I have 3,200 books in my library. The ones closest to the, 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 in my office there is a Summa Theologica. I have the whole thing, all the volumes, Latin on one side, English on the other. I just pull out one of the volumes. I start reading St. Thomas Aquinas. That feeling goes away Mm -hmm. because reading St. Thomas Aquinas will kill any sexual (laughs) desire you have in your body. For real. You know, but another thing people don't realize about natural family planning is man, it's only supposed to be used for grave things. And, and I think what a lot of people do today is they use it for, well, you know, I don't want to have any more kids, you know, with, yeah. but I'm thinking, well, just let God do it. Now, if you got, if you, if you, you know, you have cancer or, you know, if, um, just, you know, great things like that. Yeah. But man, just cause, well, you know, I want to make some more money first, all that kind of stuff, man. Well, see, a natural family plan respects a way that a woman was made by God, you know, cause people have to understand this. Um, when a, when a woman is in her cycle, she releases an egg. Mm-hmm. If the egg is not fertilized within 24 hours, it gets washed out with the next period. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's only, there's only a 24 hour window that she can get pregnant. Now here, but here's how it works. So say she has sex a few days before with her husband, right? Mm-hmm. And so in order to get pregnant, you have to have three things. You have to have sperm, egg, and fertile mucus. Okay. So they have sex with her husband. So the sperm is trapped in there in that fertile mucus, which is lighting her uterus. And it's, and, and the fertile mucus is feeding and nourishing the sperm until an egg shows up, you know? So you can get, have sex on Monday, but the egg don't show up till Wednesday. So you can still get pregnant. Right. Because it, the sperm is already there waiting. The egg shows up. They move toward the egg. So it has 24 hours before the egg, right? So that can happen. Mm-hmm. So there's a window there. So all natural family planning says, here's the window, determining when that window is, mm-hmm. and you're making a decision not to engage in intercourse. So you're not blocking anything. Right. You're t- so choosing to do something is very different than choosing to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Very two very different acts, mm-hmm. and what you're saying is like I. So most of the time, a woman can't get a woman can't get pregnant outside of that that window. Right, she and, and it is impossible for her to right. get pregnant. Yeah. Impossible for her to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So God built it in a way that's a small window where she can get pregnant. That's you know. In fact, I know physicians who use some secular physicians who use natural family planning uh, yeah. so they can determine when they can get pregnant. Right. Right. You know, they really but, but if you use it the way you talked about before, it could be contraceptive. You know, if you're using it for the purpose of intentionally not having children, then it, then it could be used as because of that contraceptive mentality is working to the marriage. So, you know, what natural family planning does, and the studies have have borne this out, that um, the, the divorce rate is infinitesimally, I mean, uh, small for people who use natural family planning. Um, it fosters communication, it fosters dialogue, it deepens intimacy, it deepens intimacy with life with God, not just physical intimacy, but life with God itself. I mean, in, in natural family, it forces you to have a discussion, you know, yeah. okay, yeah. right, this is a fertile time, if we do this now, can we have another kid, and, you know, I had postpartum depression last time, is that going to be an issue this time, you know, we got three kids in Catholic school, can we afford another one, you know, do I have to work more out, I mean, it forces you to have a conversation and a discussion. About the fact, because the church doesn't say how many kids you're supposed to have. Right. Church doesn't. That's a prudential decision between a husband and a wife. Mm-hmm. But the, you have to be open to the possibility uh, right. of life. But you're doing natural family. You're choosing not to use that time, and you're respecting because God built it that way. You're respecting the way a woman's body is made. You okay. know, and you're honoring that. 
So I want to go ask you one more because we talked about a long time on the other two. <laughs> so, um, what? Mm, which one do I want to ask? Ah, I'm gonna ask this one. How is the complete focus on girls and feminism hurt our boys in their journey towards manhood? Yeah, so I think what that's done is given a false idea of what woman is to men. So what this feminine feminism is of the 70s was the more I'm like a man, the more feminine I am. The more things I can do like a man, the more feminine I am. And, and so it, it, what it does, it obscures authentic femininity, it which really has does. nothing to do about being weaker than the man. or lo- No, because if you look in, in the scriptures, in Genesis chapter 2, after he puts man in the garden, he says, don't eat, you know, tells about the tree and all that stuff. The very next thing that God says is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, I mean, he's, he's got it pretty good. He's got a Garden of Eden man cave going on. You know, nobody messed with the remote. He's good no, to go, he's right? Got it. He's got it. <laughs> but God exists as a family, as a communion of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So man by himself makes no sense because the family on earth has to be the image and likeness of the family in heaven. And so, um, so he's, I'll make a helper fit for him. Now, helper doesn't mean maid or cook or someone to do my laundry or mm-hmm. someone to pick the kids up from soccer. In Hebrew, it's ezer konegdo. Ezer konegdo, helpmate. Literally means someone who stands opposite or parallel to you, who helps, aids, assists, surrounds, protects, and defends in battle. Mm-hmm. So God wants to create a battle partner, partner. for him. Yep. And what's the battle going to be against? Sin and death. They fight together. And, and how yep. did they, and how did he create her? From his side, not from his side, not above, because because she's greater than him, not below, because she's less than him. From the middle, from the side, that shows she's equal, equal to him. Yep, you know, equal dignity before God. See, man, so I, she, I listen to you on Catholic answers, man. Yeah, I know so she, all this. Yeah, so so she she's not weaker <laughs> right. than him. She's strong like he is. Mm-hmm. But the but the, but be, they have these different gifts though that complement each other. And it's in that complementarity in which they're able to have unity. Right. So what we have to do is restore authentic femininity, which John Paul do did so beautifully in that uh, Mulieris Dignitatem, a document he wrote in 1988 called The Dignity and Vocation of Woman. I would challenge every man to read that document. I'm going to go read it's it. It's not very long. I'm going to read that. It's excellent. It is huh. excellent. Talk about what authentic femininity. It changed. It rocked my world. Um, that changed everything for me hmm. as far as my thinking um, and get rid of some of those stereotypes that I've had and stuff like that to really see. It's so beautiful, you know, and, and, uh, 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 focus your whole attention on looking at, at women in a very, very different way, especially through the heart of our blessed mother. Sweet. So if you like what you're hearing and want to help others, here is what to do. Share this podcast with your friends on social media and other places you hang out. Here is how to help. You know, as well as I do, people are always having problems in their marriage, but just don't know where to turn. You can really help save a marriage and or a family by sharing this podcast with someone that you suspect is having problems. Here's where to go. www.savemycatholicmarriage.com signs them up for the podcast as well as the marriage masterclass training. Remember, we are our brother's keeper. Help save a marriage today. 
www.savemycatholicmarriage.com. So the last question, well, it's not a question. The last thing is, do you have any special projects or causes going on right now that you would want the people to know about? Not well, about yeah, I've got, I've got so much stuff going on, but for other people know about, mm-hmm. I have a, a new book that's out. It's, it's called Father Augustus Tolton, the slave who became the first African American priest. It's by EWTN Publishing. They can get it at EWTNRC.com, religious catalog. They can get the book there. It's about not, not so much about the life of Father Augustus Tolton because there's already a book out about his life called right. From Slave to Priest. Yeah. My book is lessons we can learn from his life. So there's mm-hmm. chapters in there about overcoming racism. Building strong families, building a culture of life, the power of prayer, finding healing in God's mercy. You know, how, how we can ap- apply, um, the lessons of Father Tolton's life uh, to our life today, looking, looking at, at the lens of how he dealt with those issues in his time, what we can learn from him today. You know, so it's, I think it's an excellent book. Um, very powerful. I also am doing pilgrimages now. So I have a pilgrimage coming up oh, with uh, Father Larry Richards in May. We're going to the Holy man, Land. You go hang out with him, man. He probably talks your ear out, yeah. Father Larry. <laughs> I, know. I love Father Larry. <laughs> he was he actually very, especially when I was transitioning from my, um, my full time secular job to doing this full time. Yeah. He was extremely helpful to me. Really. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's a mentor and, and a very good friend. Um, so we're going on pilgrimage and Sonia Corbett is joining us. I wrote my third book with Sonia Corbett. So when is the, when is the pilgrimage? It's, uh, May. It's like May 9th through oh, the 20th. Yeah, it's coming away. up. And then, um, I, I have another pilgrimage to France, Spain, and Portugal in September. You know, um, it's got footsteps of Mary. You know, it's like a look at all the Marian shrines and apparitions, including Eucharistic miracles as well. You know, um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. So there's going to be information on my website and on my social media about uh, about and those I'm gonna post, as I'm well. Post that too. Yeah. Um, what about the book, the How to Be a Man? Yeah. So and, and behold the man. Behold, yeah, the, behold man. the man. That's right. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the first book I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um. And that came out in 2015 and, um, about authentic Catholic masculine, uh, spirituality. What does it mean to be an authentically Catholic man? Okay. Um, and I would, and all of those books you get on my website on the front page, you can see all the four books there and you can get all four of them as well as other, I have CDs, DVDs and the, the, available in the, in my, in my, uh, e-store page. So you can get all the CDs and DVDs about a variety of different topics. And that's deaconherald.com. Yes. Deaconherald.com. Yes. Deaconherald.com. All right, all right. I hope you enjoyed that last part three episode uh, of with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, episode 27. And uh, that is it. That's it. That's like all three of them. I know it was along. It was over an hour, hour, like 15 minutes together, just us talking. So I hope you really enjoyed that. And I hope you listen to all three. You can always find, if you didn't hear episodes two or episode one, you can always, uh, Go back to my blog, CatholicAlpha.com, and hit uh, click podcast, and then click the uh, Catholic Alpha Radical Podcast, and it'll take you right there. There are all the episodes right there. So, as we always do, we end with my quote from uh, Pope Benedict XVI, and it states, Society offers you comfort. 
but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you, Christian soldier, for listening in today. Do you have a critical or pressing problem in your marriage right now? Want help? Come on the show and ask me in person. We can do this completely anonymously. You don't have to be on camera or say your name. It's totally up to you. I would just love to have you as a guest on the show. More importantly, you would be helping other men as well. Contact me at radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. And lastly, please share this podcast with someone that may need help in their marriage or relationship. Help me save a marriage today.